He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require from you, but to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I came across an interesting love letter this week. It's actually a a letter of reconciliation, Uh, and it goes something like this. Uh, Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S. Congratulations on your lottery win. Uh, This idea of love, as she says it three times here in this letter, this idea of love is is obviously, as we know, um, uh, just very ever-present in our our culture, uh, in much of media and in the world. We see this idea of love come about. But I think this this idea of love that we see culturally um, is far different than, than, than the love that the Bible talks about. They're two very different things. What we see in our culture is much more this uh, sort of emotional sentimentality uh, versus what we see in the biblical is far more sacrificial. Um, the idea of love culturally often is, is how, how you make me feel, uh, what I receive, uh, as we saw in this letter. Um, what what I get from you, how you make me feel, is is the essence of love. But um, what we see in the Bible is something is something very different and far deeper. It, it's more like the illustration uh, of some friends of mine who uh, who went through a process of adoption. Uh, they the God had put it on their hearts a number of years ago to to adopt a, a little little. Uh, orphan uh, infant from Ethiopia. They put Ethiopia, got it put in their minds. And so uh, they, they were working with this adoption agency and they spent years going through the process. It was amazing how much work had to go into this and tens of thousands of dollars uh, only to have the agency uh, go out of business, disappear for some reason. Uh, and so they were out all that time and all that money, but yet God had continued to put on their heart this desire to adopt uh, a little girl from Ethiopia. And so they began the process again and again, years of of work and of time and again tens and tens of thousands of dollars poured out into this until I remember being there when they got news that that they had finally uh, had the the, the approval uh, and there was a match there was a little girl who had just been born and they were matched with her and so they uh, they almost immediately hopped on a plane and they flew to Ethiopia and they weren't allowed to touch her uh, they had to go and fill out some paperwork in the country in person they could see her through glass and that was it in this this orphanage uh, and then they had to fly back to Canada to await uh, the legal process to take place. And that took a few more weeks until they finally got word that everything was finally done and they could once again pay for a plane ticket and fly back to Ethiopia and go and get their little daughter. And, and I think about uh, the time, uh, the labor, the, the, the work, the, the struggle, the, the money, all of that that was poured out for this little baby who at that point could do nothing to deserve it. All she could do was cry eat and poop and sleep. And that, that's it. That's all she could do. Uh, and so it's this picture for me of love, this adoptive love, which, which comes at a great cost and, and love that, that goes first. Love that goes first in order to bring her into their family. Uh, it's sort of undeserved love. Uh, and I think that's the love that we see here uh, throughout the Bible, this godly kind of love. Last week, we started talking about this vision statement that we have as a church uh, and about one verse in particular that we'll keep coming back to time and again, but we're going to spend three weeks on it. Uh, Micah 6, 8. 
what does God require of us? What does the Lord ask of us? And that's to, to act justice, to do justice, right? We saw that last week. Um, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And, and this week we're going to look at that love mercy piece and, and unpack that a bit. Um, the, the, the direct translation, though, the word for, for mercy uh, is a word that we, we've actually talked about a bit in the Old Testament series. It's a Hebrew word, chesed. You, gotta, you really got to get it from your throat, chesed. Um, and, and it's a word that doesn't directly translate into English. Uh, it means love. It means mercy. It means kindness. It means faithfulness. Uh, it's all of those things sort of bound up together. And more of a direct translation and, uh, that you'd see out of this text is, is to love loving kindness. It doesn't roll off the tongue as much as uh, love mercy. This loving kindness, this chesed kind of a love is multifaceted and it really comes out of this idea of covenant. A covenant was this legal arrangement in the ancient Near East that was fairly common. But God uses this institution, this idea, this setup in order to really communicate what he's doing with his people and he enters into a covenant with them. In the ancient Near East, much of connections were, it was all about family, it was all about kin. Uh, that's where connections were made and, and that's where community was. And, and if someone wanted to, to make someone who wasn't family part of the family, you would enter into a covenant with them. So covenant was really about taking someone who was on the outside and making them family, bringing them in. Uh, and there were different types of covenants, um, but the most significant, I think, that we see here in terms of God's work with, with humanity is uh, the, the vassal suzerain kind of covenant where you have uh, sort of a, a servant and, and a master coming together, sort of coming together as family. And often in this covenant, this promise, this arrangement, uh, you would have the, 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 the master providing land and, and the servant uh, offering uh, fidelity and, and loyalty to the master and sort of covenanting, promising this uh, together. And so we see God entering into this covenant of taking Israel and adopting Israel as his son. That's the language that's used often in the Old Testament, that, that God is actually adopting and choosing to bestow favor. And, and what we see here in this, this covenant faithfulness of God is that he, that love goes first, that, that God doesn't love because of anything that Israel does for him. He, he, you know, he's not lacking. Um, it's not about Israel's uh, beauty in and of itself, but rather it's God's expression of love. And love goes first, choosing to, to unite, to adopt, to, to adopt Israel and bring Israel into covenant. And so God's love goes first. It's this kind of love which, which is a choice, which is action, which seeks to bless beyond what can be received. Um, and we see uh, this, this idea of, of loving kindness, this chesed, we see it all through uh, the Old Testament and often in this refrain, this sort of poetic refrain that we hear time and again, the Lord is gracious. This is Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Steadfast love is chesed. So, so the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in this loving faithfulness, this chesed love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. And so we're going to unpack different pieces of what this chesed is. And, and today it's, it's about that kind of covenantal love that goes first. Love which is a choice. Love which is action. Love which chooses. 
the interesting thing about a covenant as well is that there was often the ceremony that accompanied it. And in that ceremony, an animal, perhaps a goat, would be taken and the goat would be cut in two. Sacrifice cut in two pieces. And then the covenant members would walk through the split carcass of the animal. And in essence, they're saying, may what happened to these animals happen to me if I fail, if I break this covenant. Um, that, that was the, the sort of the formal ceremony that was often done. But we see it, it, what's amazing in the New Testament as we look at this covenant idea that God enters into with humanity. Is, and this is um, Sandra Richter, who's an Old Testament uh, theologian uh, and author. She says, it was the God-man, Jesus Christ, the representative of humanity and the embodiment of Yahweh, whose flesh was torn to appease the broken stipulation of the oaths taken. And so we see that there's this covenant responsibility uh, and, and that Jesus himself takes the curse of the broken covenant that we've seen all the way through the Old Testament, takes it on himself, that Jesus' body is ripped apart uh, to really enter into covenant with us, to take those curses on himself so that we can live in restored relationship where God has adopted us as sons and daughters, that he has entered into this covenant. He's taken us who were far apart, particularly as Gentiles, and brought us in and made a covenant of grace with us. And, and as we look at, at what it means to love, right? That, that we are to love others because God first loved us. That's First John. Um, and this kind of love isn't a sentimentality. It's not about the, the delightedness of, of us in and of ourselves. It's really all about the choice that goes ahead. The love of God goes first. And as we receive that love, there's an expectation on us that we then live in that identity and we pour that love out. There's an expectation on us um, to live as people who have been loved, who are in that covenant, who have been made part of God's family. Uh, you know, as you look at this little girl who was adopted at this amazing cost through all this time and struggle um, and, and really nothing to to earn it at that point, um, I would hope that as she continues to grow and understands her story and the brokenness she came out of and, and the inheritance that she comes into, I hope that, that would be part of her identity, uh, living in response and in, in sort of joy that, 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 that she was chosen, that she was loved, that these sacrifices were made for her, and that she would live a sacrificial loving life because of the love that was poured out for her. Uh, and so when we look at this commandment of God to, um, to act justly, to love mercy, to love this loving kindness, uh, to pursue it, to, to act it out, as we look at our, our families, our church, our neighbors, our world, it, it, it's not a, an issue of I need, to, I need to feel warm and fuzzy feelings for people around me. I need to love those who are different than me and, and feel that love. It's actually um, this kind of chesed covenantal love which goes first. Love goes first. And as we look at our community, it's not how we feel about people. It's the, the love that we choose to pour out. It's this choice, this volitional kind of goes first love. And, and as, as, as we look at what does it mean to be the people of God? What does it mean to live out the kingdom? It's to, to, to follow the, the lead of God who pours this love out for us, this love that goes first. Um, apart from emotion, apart from feeling, um, this love that goes first and chooses to pour itself out sacrificially for others. That's the love that we're called to walk into uh, and, and to be known for in this community.
And so, um, as adopted sons and daughters, may we understand our identity, uh, the price that's been paid for us to be adopted, and may we live as, as people um, out of that identity, uh, choosing to love others so that our love goes first as well. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you that, you're, um, that you are gracious, that you are merciful, and that you abound in this steadfast, merciful, faithful love. God, I pray that it would be our identity, that we don't feel like we have to earn it, and that we haven't earned it. But help us to live in light of it and respond to it as people who love because you first loved us. Thank you for this covenant in your blood. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you have a great rest of the day. We'll see you again soon.